Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have a very special guest by the name of Dr. Jacob Israel Lieberman. And he has discoveries in the fields of light, vision, and consciousness that have been enthusiastically endorsed by health and science and spirituality leaders like Deepak Chopra and Bruce Lipton to Eric Tooley, some of the biggest main names in, in the world of personal development today. His, numer- his, his most recent book, Luminous Life, show how the science of light unlocks the art of living, reveals how light guides our very step so we may fill, fulfill our reason for being. So we'll get into that in just a few minutes. Dr. Lieberman, thank you for being here today. It is a great pleasure to uh, begin my day on Maui, Hawaii with you today. Fantastic, sir. Thank you. Dr. Lieberman, in my other life, I like to take pictures and I love photography. And what make my pictures so good is when I use the proper light to illuminate them. It's amazing how in photography, if you have a little light, it works. If you have too much light, it blows out the picture. And if you have too little light, it destroys the picture. Is it true with light in our personal world as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. The same thing holds true uh, in every aspect of life. I think the term is called moderation. Something that we have forgotten. We seem to go overboard on so many things. Moderation is the key. And what's interesting is that built into this miraculous process we call life is something that is continually keeping us aligned with Mother Nature so that we remain in this state of homeodynamic moderation. So what you're saying is essentially true. Uh, Light is not just a, a source of illumination, It is a source of intelligence that's literally interacting with the body's hundred trillion cells on a continual basis, providing information about what time of the day, what time of the year, our location on the earth, so that the internal environment is perfectly matched with Mother Nature's environment and we can live in a state of congruency and coherency. 
that that's a beautiful statement. I live in Edmonton, Canada, which is way up in the northern world. And and during the winter months, as you probably realize, we get very, very little sunlight. We're like Sweden right. or Norway or things like that. We're at a at an, a, a longitude and latitude up in those climbs. So we are right. way up in the so that is the time when most people tend to, I would say, hibernate. They tend to get right. inside their shells and they don't get out that much. Is that true with a lot of people when they're approaching light, that they have a phase where they're naturally in congruence with the nature and take a time when they shut down a bit and at other times when they should be going full bore? Absolutely. All living creatures are designed just like the seasons of the year. There are seasons where we're growing and moving. There are seasons where we're restoring. Uh, the same thing happens not only over a 24-hour cycle, but a monthly cycle, a yearly cycle, a seasonal cycle. The problem is, as you know, Alan, is that we're all normal, but very few of us are natural. And we confuse the two. And what is often the case is what we consider in normal life is very often incongruent with na Mother Nature's rhythms. And so for me, a lot of the diseases uh, of today are related to the fact that we are out of sync with Mother Nature in the same way as if I flew from Maui, Hawaii to Europe or to New York, I would arrive and I would feel out of sorts. We call it jet lag. And I would find that I'm hungry at times when I normally don't eat. I'm going to the bathroom when I would never go. I'm awake when I should be sleeping, and so on. And my body's biology is in Maui, but my location is on the East Coast. From observing human beings currently, it seems like so many of us are jet-lagged, even though we've never gotten on an airplane, because we're doing things according to ideas, beliefs about life, rather than according to the natural rhythms of life. And the health of plants, animals, and humans is inseparable from their synchronicity with the timing and rhythm of Mother Nature, what we call their circadian rhythms that go on. It's not just day and night. Our body's biology is continually changing throughout the day as light is changing. Again, not from just more light or less light, but the spectral characteristics of light are guiding each cells, telling it what you need to do, when you need to do it, and to what degree. So my insight and mother's nature are one. Yeah. You know, I think part of the problem is, sir, is we invented the light bulb and the light bulb right. was largely responsible for us to go. And probably it was before the light bulb. I mean, we invented fire. We invented things that allowed us to take 
our daytime and extend it into the evening and nighttime hours. Right. But it became right. much more so when we invented the light bulb because we could truly go into those nighttime hours. And so day right. became night and night became day and we really extended our hours. And then like humans that we are, we push the edge of the envelope all the time. So we try right. to cram so much in our given day that we want to just keep on expanding and expanding and keeping on doing and doing. And it's hard to shut those things down. Well, so much of this is about the fact that we've been led to believe that our thoughts are in fact our guidance system what we call our beliefs about life. I was astounded when I was writing the book, Luminous Life. I noticed the word belief so often comes up in today's conversations. And so I grabbed my thesaurus and I put the word belief in there. And of course I found thought, idea, concept, hypothesis, and so on. And then my eyes moved down to the antonyms and they go right to a word that means the opposite of belief. And that word is truth. And I said, oh, my God, here we believe that what we believe is truth. And yet it's just a theory that's continually changing. It's not actually a truth that is consistent or constant. And so for me, a lot of my work especially at this time of my life, is looking for truth beyond opinion. Looking for what, in fact, is involved in living a life of contentment, not a life of perfection, because life has difficulties no matter who we are, but at least living a life that is more content uh, because we understand something about the workings of life uh, or reality versus our own mentality. You, you know, sir, I heard the expression once or read the expression once that perfectionism is slow death. And I, and, and yeah. I think that aptly applies to what you're saying is that perfectionism is indeed slow death. It is indeed the thing that we aspire to be perfect all the time. We aspire to become all the time. And yet that is a slow death for us. Getting in touch with those rhythms and our inner self is something that is more important. You know, um, you said you used to be a dermatologist and the skin covers the body. The skin is so often what picks up so many of these very subtleties around us that let us know, is this comfortable? Is this uncomfortable? Is it safe? Is it not? And we have been trained to push beyond it all the time, rather than to respect our own sense of knowing the skin, physical skin, and perhaps the energetic skin, the body's biofield. And so you're right, we're pushing everything to the limits. And in the process, something occurs called stress. And this stress 
right now they say is about 90% of disease is either caused directly by stress or contributed significantly by stress. So I think this is a very, very important aspect of life that I particularly am interested in because uh, I call stress when we encounter some aspect of life that we have an allergic reaction to. Something gets triggered within us. And so my work is really about very gently desensitizing, using light as a tool to desensitize us from the aspects of life that have catalyzed this process of stress. Yeah, I, I think what happens with stress is we activate our primitive brain where we go through the, the fight, flight, fright reaction, where our body, you know, in the old days when we were being chased by some terrible animal that was going to kill us and right. so on, we had to run from it and we had to go right. away from it and we had to do it in such ways that if we didn't react in heroic fashions, we wouldn't be there long. So right. I think the problem is now we are constantly in that state of flight, fright, fight reaction. We are constantly in, in that phase because every minute of every day we are being stressed by something. Something is jumping at us. Something is going to kill us. Something we need attention to right now. And, and maybe, just maybe, we need to do that at certain times. But at other times, we need to claw back from that and reclaim our life. You know, you said something uh, very true and very beautiful, which is the stresses of the past were real stresses. Something was chasing us. So often today, the reactions we're having that you just described are to what's going on in the mind, which interestingly enough, rarely if ever occurs. So we are having this ongoing chronic reaction to stress, which is really a, a major part of the foundation of psychoneuroimmunoendocrinology. And one of the most potent discoveries for me that has really shifted the quality of my life is I became aware one day that the thought that the mind was having a lot of thoughts and anxiety. And I realized all of a sudden that the reason that I was aware of that was because some aspect of my humanity was aware of what was happening in this thing I called my mind. And what occurred over time is I began to identify more with this inner observer rather than this constant reactivity going on in the mind. And all of a sudden I found my physiology was less impacted, less impacted by that. So for me, uh, even though I spent the last 50 years researching and clinically working with light, for me, what's important right now is life. How do we 
how can we live? How can we be successful at life? We're successful at everything else, but most of us have such difficulty with everyday living and how to live in moderation and how to reduce the impact of all of these virtual stressors that all of us encounter. So what my love is today is helping people in whatever way I can, which is uh, a natural part of my makeup. Um, not because I know something that they don't, but because all of us need a hand to hold when we're going through difficult times in our life. And because I, like you and every other human being, experiences anxiety and worry and difficulty and all kinds of things in our life, after a while you begin to befriend and realize that all of this is part and parcel of this thing we call life. So a lot of my work today is just helping people um, because I love it and because I I feel like with all our emailing and texting and all of these things, we forgot the essentialness of just having a sweet conversation with another human being and realizing that even though you've never met before, you don't know who the other is, everybody's interested in the same thing. We would like to have the best health possible, and we would like to have a reasonable amount of peace and contentment. You know, I think we've forgotten along the way, the goal of life is to live. We don't right. live to work. We work to live. And and that along the way has been lost in this whole uh, this whole spectrum of things that goes on. I, I think when a person dies, they're not going to say, I wish I spent more time at the office. I wish I right. spent more time on the internet doing all these business things. I, I think they're going to say, maybe I should have taken more time for myself and done some things for myself. You know, I, I can honestly say that I'm experiencing a lot of what you just said uh, in that I have a lovely home life. I have two adult uh, kids that are not kids any longer, but I either speak with them every day or I leave them little, whenever I get, whenever they enter my awareness, I pick up the phone because I use that my sense is that there is something that grabs our attention continually and reflexively moves us to where we need to go to next. I know I'm sure when you were practicing dermatology, even though you're looking through the large magnifying glass as you're doing their skin checks and so on, there's something intuitively that often guides us to look at a certain part of the body or a certain something. We have a magical quality within our humanity, which is no different than what guides whales to swim from Alaska to Maui in almost straight lines without iPhones with GPSs on them 
or birds to migrate, we have those same skills as humans as those creatures in the wild have. But we filter everything through our ideas rather than allowing that sixth sense, if you will, to move us in a direction that is actually the next step of our life's journey. And so I have been, I noticed many years ago being in the vision care field that they, we have this expression people always say, oh, it caught my eye. What was the it that grabbed the attention of the eye, reflexively moved the eye toward it, which was the next aspect of life that we are attending to. And what I got to see is we're all looking for life and missing the fact that life is looking for us, that there's something in life that actually moves us from place to place. And so as that has become my natural way of being, uh, things in my life have really calmed down a lot. And there's a much greater sense of ah, a sigh of relief, if you will. So that's my message very often for people that I interact with is how to find that sweet spot. Okay. I'm going to ask a question and you, you sure. might be able to answer this or not. It's now, in this belief system that you have in this, do you think there is a greater power of some sort that's driving us to the light, that's a driving us to have a better life? Is there something behind this all, or is it just ourselves? Okay, the first thing I want to say is, I don't consider what I shared with you a belief. Uh, it's a direct experience. And what I mean by a direct experience is this caught me like an epiphany, like a revelation, something that was undeniable to me. So do I believe there is a greater power? What my sense is, is that in this universe, there's an animating force some people call refer to this as God. Scientists call this perhaps the Big Bang. It doesn't have any names, but there is something for sure that is animating the movement of the solar system, of the planets around the Earth. There is something that's animating a continual expansion and contraction that occurs throughout all of the universe. Every part of the body, not just the respiratory system, is continually expanding and contracting to one degree or another. The earth itself is measurably expanding and contracting. So I don't have a belief one way or the other, but I notice that something is moving everything. I don't know what that something is. I don't have a name for it. I don't believe that it's this or it's this. The way I experience it in my own life is that something seems to enter my awareness. 
Let me see if I can explain. It's not something I'm thinking about. It's almost like something all of a sudden comes. I don't know from where. And it could be what parents sometimes experience when all of a sudden one of your kids comes into your awareness and without a thought, you pick up the phone and you pick them up. I mean, you call them and your son or daughter says, oh, dad, I was just thinking about you. Now we say, oh, that's just synchronicity, coincidence, whatever it is. That happens so often in my life in the most unusual of ways. And it's more the rule. It's more the rule today than it is the exception. So do I have a belief, which is something of the mind? No. Do I have any idea what this is? I have no idea. Do I experience that something is moving everything? We're not beating our own hearts. We don't even breathe on our own. Something is literally respiring us. So what that is, I haven't got the slightest idea, but I do notice that something is moving everything. That's beautiful, Dr. Lieberman, and I thank you for that. Now, we're almost at the end already. That's how quickly this show was done. And this show is called How to Live a Fantastic Life. So you, Dr. Lieberman, how do you live a fantastic life? I'll tell you how it occurred for me. I spoke about it a little while ago. Most of my life, like everyone else, I was continually reacting to things in life in order to be successful, in order to win, in order to get the best grades in school, in order to make the best impression. And I didn't realize that most everything that the mind leads us to do is something that will allow us to be accepted by the culture, by the external world, and so on. We call it conditioning. It's a conditioned response. And most of what's going on in the mind is not the intellectual property we call, we think of as thinking. It's the internal rehearsal that I call worrying because we're all trying to come up with the right answer, make the right impression, look a certain way that we will be acceptable. As I said earlier in our conversation, somewhere in the process of the last 20 years, I became aware of this thing I thought was my mind. And I was actually noticing that the mind was thinking or worrying. And in the noticing of it, I realized that we are not the mind. We are something that is aware of the activity, the worry, the anxiety that occurs in the mind. And when that occurred, I started noticing that more and more and more and more. And after a while, I didn't think of myself as being guided by the mind. 
I identified myself by something that didn't seem to have a point of view. It seemed to be almost a field of awareness that just noticed. And since that's occurred, I feel a lot more freedom than I ever have. So in terms of what makes me feel content in my life, as often as I feel content in my life, is that I feel free so much of the time from the continual chatter that's going on. It's going on, but it's in, it's, it's the back burner. It's not, I don't think of it as my mind and I can change my mind. And I really feel guided in my life, Alan. Okay. Okay. We're just about uh, done, sir. I'm sorry. We're running out of time and I want to have people the opportunity to find out where you can find your book. So how can they find your book? And how can they find, have more access to you if they'd like? Uh, the best place to buy books in the world is called Amazon. We're not interested in selling anything, but Amazon has is the biggest bookseller in the world. So that's the best place to, to buy the book and probably many things. Uh, my website is jacoblieberman.org. It's not a marketing site. We just like to share knowledge share whatever we can that can be of help to people and people Dr. can obviously find us on youtube and so on oh yeah it's it's unfortunate and fortunate we do have social media it's there for everybody to consume yeah thank you very much for sharing this time for me and i want you to have an amazing hawaiian day as i expressed i've been to hawaii a number of times and i've always enjoyed it immensely well, please come back so we can have breakfast or lunch and have a continuation of this conversation. And I will look forward to that. Great. And you have a grateful day. And uh, thank you so much for inviting me on. Bye for now, sir. All right. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day.